Feels good, baby. I will be back here. I will be back here, and I will be back the Welcome for the Gold Podcast. We are back. The offseason is been pretty dead except for today. Uh, this is the Fourth and Gold Podcast. I am Javier. We are back finally with a mailbag episode. The last time we did one of these was right before the regular season of 2019, and we answered a whole bunch of questions. We're going to do that again today. Uh, but there was some news coming out of the NFL today with CBA and some proposals, um, some weird stuff going on there. Uh, some guys got busted for weed in Mexico. Nothing crazy going on in the NFL today. Just usual, usual stuff. Matt, what's going on, buddy? No, I mean you hit it on the head, dude. It's been like really dead the last couple weeks to the point where Twitter's been boring and arguing about stupid stuff. So it's just not been fun. But today was like a, a shitstorm of everything kind of hitting the fan all at once. <laughs> and it's kind of fun. You know, we're recording here on Wednesday the nineteenth. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff hits hit, hit the fan today, and it's. It's it, it's got the juices flowing, man. It got the juices flowing. It's good. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was Evan decided to um, not be private on Twitter anymore. I think that was a big deal. So uh, and then immediately called out. Immediately called out by George Kittle. <laughs> immediately, like not even. I, I'm sure his account went public for about 12 seconds before George Kittle uh. was, was was jumping in there. So George, add a boy. Just speaking for the entire 49ers faithful. I really appreciate you jumping on that one, man. We really yeah. appreciate you getting in there, bringing that to light, <laughs> so that 49ers Twitter had something to do this afternoon because that yeah. was a fun one. For sure, this is the Fourth and Gold Podcast. I'm Javi. That is Matt. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast, and uh, follow myself and Matt on Twitter. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, the biggest news is the playoff format and the CBA proposals. These are just proposals. Nothing is set in stone however when Schefter puts this stuff out um usually means that it's kind of heavily leaning that way so the the CBA report was about expanding the playoffs to seven teams in each conference so basically 14 team playoff one team gets a bye so just the number one seed would be the only team with a Mm -hmm. bye and then you have six other teams in each conference um playing each other so I think it's stupid just immediate reaction to it was um, this doesn't make sense to me. This is more of a money grab for the league because they have been pushing this narrative the last two, three, four seasons on getting to an 18 game season. And this is a way to do that by having the regular season expanded by one game and then adding an additional playoff game. So there's their 18 games, which could potentially lead to 21 games for two teams. Um, you know, if they make it all like the Super Bowl, that just, just in my head immediately is like the risk of injury. The chances of early retirements, 
Um, what happens to the rosters? Do they expand? What happens to practices and, and, and preseason games? Those things like that kind of immediately popped in my head. Yeah, look, the NFL, I think, has one of the, the most perfect playoff systems as it stands right now. Six teams, two teams get a bye on each side. Um, I, I would make a tweak here or there. I, I don't think, no, this is something we disagree on, but I don't think that division winners should be guaranteed a home game. I think that division winners should be guaranteed a playoff spot. Seed it from there. That's a whole other can of worms we can get into. But this this seven teams, only one team gets a bye. It, it's such a money grab. It adds an extra wild card game in there. I don't like it. I don't. And the reason I don't like it is because you 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 always do the homework for us. I get up here. I'm shooting from the hip. You always got that stuff. You you did some investigating. So won't you talk about out of the last ten years, those twenty extra playoff teams? What what would the records have looked like? Just so everyone can understand how idiotic this is to expand it like this. Yeah. So you know, I don't I don't care for this new expansion of proposal on the playoffs. So the last ten years. So starting with 2010. Uh, it would have been the Chargers at nine and seven, the Giants at ten and six. Two thousand eleven would have been the nine and seven Titans and the eight and eight Chicago Bears. Um, Two thousand twelve, eight and eight Steelers, ten and six Chicago. Two thousand thirteen, eight and eight Pittsburgh, uh, ten and six Arizona. That's now that's the only one where I thought, okay, Arizona was a really good team that year. They could mm-hmm. have made a run. They, if anyone remembers that season, um, the Cardinals and the Niners had a pretty epic Week 17 game yep. where it went down to the wire. Quentin Patton caught a humongous pass to kind of seal that game. So there, there's there's one where I'm like, okay, that's a decent team. 2015, I'm sorry, 2014, Houston at 9-7 and seven, uh, and Philadelphia 10-6. and six. The Eagles that year were pretty good. Um, 2015, 10-6 Jets, 8-8 eight eight Atlanta. 16 was 9-7 Tennessee, 9-7 Tampa. Uh, 2017, nine and seven Baltimore, nine and seven Detroit. 2018 would have been nine, six and one Pittsburgh, and eight, seven and one Minnesota. And then this past season would have been eight and eight Pittsburgh and nine and seven Rams. Um, out of those twenty teams, would you say fifteen were nine wins or less? Yeah, it's like fifteen nine wins or less. Uh, no losing records, so that's a, that's a positive, I guess. But you're looking at five teams that finished eight and eight. Six teams only had eight wins if you calculate in Minnesota and their tie. Yeah, it's not quality football teams making the playoffs. That's not. So I say this: this playoff system is is just about as perfect as it gets because it's the best six teams generally every year. Now there's going to be some exceptions. And Seattle hosted a playoff game at seven and nine, and it ends up beating the Saints on, on Beastquake and that crazy run by Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Uh, that was, but that was pre Harbaugh years. Just to give you an idea, how long ago that yeah. was. It was a very long time ago that we saw that. I, I just think the, the playoff system is perfect. I think the two teams getting a bye. I think it's such a huge advantage, and to only give that to one team on each side is just. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like and it you, at all. now thinking of it though, uh, I'm still i'm still leaning against it i just just something that popped in my head this would make week 16 week 17 and potentially week 18 if they go to that 17 game season a little bit more important for those teams who are on the fringe who are in the hunt um you know whereas the past years if you're kind of if the season's kind of over it's kind of over already so it gives you gives a little bit more maybe some more competitive football but at the end of the day you are getting a team that wasn't very good to begin with in the first place into the playoffs out of that list that we mentioned um like i said there was only a couple teams in there that would have been okay 
I get it. They're in the playoffs. It makes sense. You know, the Eagles are 10-6, and six, and then the Cardinals are 10-6, and six, and probably um, maybe that Jets team, I have to go back and look at that roster and see how they were. Um, but it would also probably give the AFC East more playoff uh, opportunities unless Tom Brady doesn't retire for the next 20 years. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, it, it to me, it, it comes down to money grab, and it, it – it, I have to, these questions would need to be answered for me as a fan is like, are you going to expand the roster? Are you going to have additional bye weeks? At the end of the day, I'm a human being. These guys are human beings too. And I, you know, me as a fan, I don't want to see guys retire early. Luke Keekley, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, you know, those guys are just Calvin Johnson, Andrew Luck. You know, these, these guys Mm -hmm. take a beating week in, week out. I know, um, I'm not playing the sport, and you know some folks, some fans are just like, oh, well, they get paid billion, millions and millions of dollars. At the end of the day, they're still human beings to me, and their their health and their their safety and things. These guys are still human. They have wives, they have kids to take care of, and they have you know. I understand they sign up for these things. It's kind of like when you talk to folks who talk to me about the military. Well, you signed up for that, yeah. But I'll, at the same time, I do want to take care of myself, and I think yeah. these players should want to take care of themselves too. It shouldn't all just be a money grab. Jamal Adams had an immediate tweet out said it's. You know, more money for the players. At the end of the day, you can't take that money with you. You know, that's kind of how I view things in life. Money money isn't everything. And if you can't, you know, walk and take care of your kids or you have issues with you getting all these surgeries after your career's over, I'm just more leaning towards the human side of it on the player side. And at the end of the day with this, I think the owners are going to end up winning a lot more than the players are. There's there's no sign of guaranteed contracts for these guys. Nope. The contracts are one-sided. You know, it's really all right, here's your here's your contract. We can chop this up in 2 years. You know, perfect example being Jet McKinney. He signed a big deal, he gets hurt, and now they're going to have to restructure the whole thing. You know, yep. there's there's got to be some kind of there's got to be more give and take um, than just take on the owner side. That's just my personal feelings on it. Yeah, we're going to see exactly what the players think with the new CBA coming up. Right. So this is the last year of the collective bargaining agreement for those that don't know. Um, and, and it sounds like the players are, are shifting towards, Hey, we're going to take a work stoppage until we get exactly what we want. We saw something very similar, I believe it was in 2011. Um, and it ended up being fine. It, football started, you know, a little bit late, but that was such a, a crazy free agency period because it started so late and everything was just like bang, 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 uh, right towards the end of the year. Uh, it was Harbaugh's first year. And I, I just I can't get over the fact that the NFL just seems to want to make money, and they prioritize that over everything. They, they don't care about player safety. They have this illusion of player safety. We care about players. We're going to start calling penalties to make sure that they don't get hurt. But they want to expand the schedule and give these guys another 75 plays where they're smashing yeah. their heads into each other. Um, they want to ex- expand the playoffs. They want to do all this. I, I just don't buy anything the NFL is selling right now. I don't. I, I think they're all full of shit, and it kind of drives me nuts a little bit. It, it, like I said, the playoffs are perfect. The way they are now, well, not perfect, but they're really, really, really good. And compared to other sports, the NFL has it down. The only other sport that can come close to the NFL playoffs is the hockey playoffs to me. And that's because once the hockey playoffs start, nothing matters. I don't care what your record was. I don't care who you are. Oh, the yeah. 8C can go all the way and win the, win the Stanley Cup any given year. The hockey playoffs are banana land. That stuff is crazy. But the NFL is about as perfect as it gets for all the other sports, for all the other major sports. It's better than baseball. It's better than basketball. Football has it down. Keep it this way. But it, like you said earlier, 
you know, when Schefter tweets this out, that scares the shit out of me. Because <laughs> Schefter doesn't just tweet stuff, just tweet it. He doesn't. He started tweeting last year about this time about the defensive passing or pass interference reviews. Yeah. He starts saying which hopefully stuff hopefully like goes this. away. Which hopefully goes away, but I don't think it will. Uh, not yet. I don't think I don't think the NFL is ready to just take a one year loss on that one. But yeah, look, I rant and raving about the playoffs. Keep it the way it is. It's probably not going <laughs> to stay the way it is. We're probably going to see seven playoff teams next year. Uh, again, just to hammer it home, fifteen out of the twenty last teams would have had nine wins or fewer. So yeah. like five, ten just, teams in the last ten years. It's if, not quality uh, teams getting in. If the uh, playoff format was in in place the last seventeen seasons, the Raiders would still only have one playoff berth. So I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> um, the <laughs> and you know with the NFL, you know the NBA All Star Game was this weekend. NFL was relatively quiet over the weekend. They're not going to have back to back weekends with nothing going on. The Combine is this weekend. Mm-hmm. They needed something to lead. They they needed a story to lead right into the Combine. So that way, it at least hits tomorrow morning, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Boom! Then combine. NFL knows what they're doing with this stuff. They're not stupid. Yeah. They got us talking about it. It's got Twitter in a frenzy. It's got my Facebook pages in a frenzy. My text messages in a frenzy. Um, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. I just share my thoughts on it, and um, I have differing differing opinions than others on this. But it's I, I'm looking looking at it for more from a human aspect, and then of course from a roster construction aspect. You know, you have a 53 man roster. Um, currently, that's your 53, and then game day has to be at 46. So if you're adding two more games, or if you're adding one reg- more regular season game, and then one more playoff game, do you, you know, where do you, where do you get, you have, you got to expand the roster at some point there. Yeah. Because you saw it with teams like the Niners this year, they lose both tackles, they lose a fullback, they lose Kittle, they lose Quan, they lose DJ Jones, you know, and this is across the league, you know, you got the Eagles who were all banged up all year, you got the Cardinals who had issues, like every team gets banged up, and how are they going to keep replenishing this, you know, this cycle, um, that's another, you know, the roster construction becomes a big deal, and then when players say there's more money for the players, eh, kind of, you're going to be flooding the pool now more with more players, yes, the cap goes up, but you're adding, you know, seven to ten more players per yeah. team, mm-hmm. you know, that's another thing. You know, just basic, you know, three, 10 times 32 is 320. You know, there's 320 more players being added to the pot. So, you, you know, it may, it, it may end up balancing out, but at the end of the day, I think it all ends up in the favor of the owners. Yeah, it does. It Which is does. smart it, business. It, it's smart business, but that's... It always ends up in, in it just favor is what of it is. It, you know, hey, but you know what? Let, let's jump into the mailbag. So Yeah, we got a lot. Like we said, we did this, you know, before the season started last year, and we had like 10 questions, and we got a chance to answer them all. <laughs> uh, the podcast has gotten a lot bigger since then, guys. We got a ton of questions. There's a lot of really good ones. So if we don't get to your question, we apologize. It's just there are so many, and so many people ask the same question over and over again. So if we if you don't hear your name and, and, and you think you deserved it, just just yell at Javi on Twitter. Leave me alone. I'm perfect. Just yell at Javi on Twitter. Um, but let's jump into it, man. Which one do you want to lead off with? Um, well, before we get to that, I wanted to say on the 24th, it would have been an, a year of the podcast. Oh, well, very so well. So 224 would have been a year. So next Monday would have been a year. So this, you know, we probably won't have a pod until next week, but yeah. happy early first anniversary, boo. That's for you, Ooh. Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. It's, it's been so a fun year, man. It's been a good yeah. one. So we've been at it almost a year now, um, a few days away from the year mark, 
on the podcast. I just wanted to say thank you to you, sir, and thank you to everyone who's tuned in. Going from 289 listens on the first one to nearly 2,000 on the most recent, uh, I think that's a really big deal. So thank you to everyone out there, and thank you to you. Yeah, thanks, man. This has been fun. All right, now, now into the mailbag, and enough now of the mushy mailbag. stuff. Mushy mailbag, shit. let's go. Hit me, which one do you want to start off with, man? Um, so let's start off with uh, the first one here is uh, from Ellert. Alert at Alert Nick. Uh, he asks, "What is um, more important, Jimmy G taking another step as a QB, or the 49ers DBs taking another step in causing interceptions, namely safeties?" Um, I think both are as equally important. Jimmy G taking the extra step or another step as QB is going to be huge for this team because eventually this team is going to have. They're going to lose their pieces. You know, guys like D. Ford, Eric Armstead mm-hmm. potentially may not be there. You're going to lose talent around you. So you need your quarterback to elevate the other talent that's coming in and cycling through. And then as far as the DBs go, we don't know what's going to happen with the safeties because we don't know if Jimmy Ward is going to be back. We don't know if they're going to draft another safety. We don't know if they will make a play for Byron Jones, who's played safety. You know, there's another a couple options spread out mm-hmm. there. But I do think... Safety create the safeties on this team do need to create turnovers. That's why I'm big on Ant- Anton um, Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota in this draft. He seems like a ball hawk from everything that I've seen. He likes to be he's around the ball consistently, forcing turnovers, forcing big plays um, on the defensive side. Um, and then with Jimmy, the thing with Jimmy, I think just needs to be cleaned up is his tighter window throws and the deep ball. Like I was just joking with my buddy, you know, we were talking about the Super Bowl. And I was like, well, yeah, Jimmy's kind of underthrown that deep ball all year. And then the one time we need him to make that throw, he decides to be Dan Marino and throw it <laughs> out of the end zone. So uh, just those things there with Jimmy tweaking those things there and um, the turnover number has to come down significantly. Yep. You can't have 18, 19 turnovers on the season um, and expect to win consistently. Yes, they got away with it this year, but that's something that should be cleaned up. I'd like to see Jimmy in, you know, nine ten range nothing more than that and i think that would help this team significantly next year uh i uh, to answer next question i'm gonna take jimmy i'm gonna take jimmy taking the next step is more important just because we saw how damn good the defense was even when the safeties weren't causing turnovers now obviously you want them to cause turnovers that is a huge part of it but they were able to get turnovers from other places they were able to get turnovers from the linebackers cause fumbles uh the, the, the corners had in, like way more interceptions this year than I did in 2018. Um, I'm going to take Jimmy. Jimmy taking the next step, cutting down on his own turnovers, being able to hit those tight window throws. I think the defense is really, really, really good. I think that, that would, the thing that would make this team just unbeatable and just, just unstoppable is if Jimmy took that next step. So I'm going to take Jimmy on that one. Yeah, Jimmy, I think we can agree there. And with the safeties, though, I, I, do, I do appreciate Ward and Tart being – Sound tacklers and not yes. allowing the big plays. So you kind of it's a give. That's another kind of give and take thing. You can have, you know, you can have a guy who risks it and 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 tries to make a big play, and then he's getting beat deep. So whereas Jimmy and Tart, they don't. From what I've seen, they don't take big chances. They play their assignment. They do their job, and that's it. And I can appreciate that with them. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree. Like you said, give and take. They they have their their shortcomings, which at this point seems to be ball hawking. But they tackle so well. I'll take the efficient tacklers and, and not necessarily turning the ball over or creating turnovers all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just take Jimmy taking the next step uh, on the next one. Let's see at B Rumbeck. 
our man, Brett Rumback, chiming in. Uh, let's say the 49ers make no moves to improve or upgrade the wide receivers. Who makes the roster, and can the passing game be effective? So let's just build off that Jimmy thing. Um, You want to go or I go? Yeah, I'll take it. So, so we got some big news this week. Like we said, it's been slow. Uh, Trent Taylor out of a walking boot. He saw We saw that on his Instagram story, if you follow him. Um, and then we saw that Jalen Hurd was also cleared to play. So if the 49ers make no upgrades right now, their receiving core, if they bring back Emmanuel Sanders, um, which I think they will. Debo Samuel said he really wants him back. I think that this team just has that kind of family feel to it. I think he will be back. Um, so let's say it's Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Kendrick Bourne comes back on a restricted free agent. Uh, you have Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, Jalen Hurd. I, 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 I don't see Pettis on the team. I think they try and move him somehow this offseason. I, I just think he was so firmly in Shanahan's doghouse that it's just going to be really hard for him to get out of it. Uh, we've seen players get out of it. We've seen players you know, take an offseason, come back, and, they're, and then they're good to go. Don't know if that happens now. Um, so I think Pettis would be the odd man out there. And I think Richie James might be the odd man out as well. Um, especially if Taylor comes back at full strength and he's good to go. Uh, Jalen Hurd does a lot of stuff out of the slot as well. Um, Trent Taylor can return punts. I, I don't think Richie James's spot is safe. You know, a seventh round pick from two years ago is by no means safe on any roster. Um, unless they're just completely balling out, which we haven't really seen from Richie James. Uh, and can can the passing game be effective? Yes, I do believe you can. I, I know we've talked about it before. They need to get more of an outside presence from their wide receiver group. But I think it can still be effective. We saw it be effective this year. Uh, Debo taking the next step and getting another year under his belt. I think getting Trent Taylor and getting you know Jimmy back his security blanket because Jimmy loves Trent Taylor, especially on third down. Um, I think that'd be a, a huge upgrade. And I'm really curious to see what Jalen Hurd can do at the next level. I liked him at Baylor. Uh, I think he is a lot of raw talent. But that's my really long-winded way of saying I think <laughs> Dante Pettis and Richie James are the odd man out, and I think, yes, the passing game can be effective. Uh, yes, and yes, the passing game can be effective without adding anything to it. However, I would target a outside threat whether that be free agency or the draft um the odd man out the the problem with this odd man out thing is it it comes down to money and can you let go of kb i don't think so but pettis was a second round pick and i don't know if they're willing to give up on him that quickly unless they trade him and i'm not saying kb's leaving this team what i'm saying is politics get involved when some some of these things that, that happen there so um, but I would, you know, as of right now, the five to me is Emmanuel Sanders if he returns, KB, Jalen Hurd, Trent Taylor, and Debo Samuel, and then the sixth guy would be the rookie, um, yeah. wherever they get that from, uh, the rookie or an outside free agent. Um, the need for a deep threat on this team should happen, but with the current roster, uh, yes, it can be effective. I mean, you saw. Wizard hand Kyle get guys wide open all over the field. Yeah. It's just a matter of Jimmy improving improving his game and getting the ball to them um, efficiently. And then with the deep ball, it's you know it's something he has to improve on. And I th- I thought he started getting better and better at it later on in this season. Yeah. Um, so Sanders can still get behind the safeties. We saw that in Super Bowl. We saw that versus the Rams. We saw that versus the Saints. So Sanders can get behind the the uh, the safeties and the deep guy. 
Um, so there's that there. But yeah, I would I would say, yeah, without adding anything, I think this passing game could still be pretty effective. Jalen Hurd adds another element there just because he is another offensive weapon, essentially, because Debo is a running back playing wide receiver, you know, and I think that allows a lot of flexibility for Kyle in this offense. Yeah. Also, uh, Marquise Goodwin, still under contract right now. I don't think he's on the team next year. So that's a name I forgot to say because it's just he's been a non-factor since like week two. So I, yeah. I don't think Marquise Goodwin's back on the team. I think he's focused on the Olympics, and I wish him the best at that. Um, let's see. What else do we want to answer? Ooh, here's a good one. Uncle Salty at MBA underscore SF underscore. We appreciate that here at the 4th and Gold Podcast. Who are the bargain-free agents the Niners will look to sign? So this the way I'm reading this question is the cap casualties. Some of these guys are going to get cut because their contracts are really big. Teams need to save money. Who are some of the guys they might go after? I want you to take this one. Um, I, I don't know because I think the bargain guys are on their own team. Ronnie Blair, um, Sheldon Day. You know, you want to keep that defensive line in intact. Uh, but going through it, a guy that could be a cap casualty that I would be very interested in getting in Mar- is Marvin Jones, um, the wide receiver from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I'm not saying he's going to be a guy who's going to get us a thousand yards. But what I'm saying is he would provide something different to this offense. Um, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with that. I haven't really dug too much into the free agents this yet, just because I've been kind of into the draft, but. The, you know, the free agents that are that come to mind, bargain guys, you know, maybe a Michael Brockers could be a bargain guy if mm-hmm. uh, Eric Armstead walks. Um, Derek Wolf, another guy, if Armstead walks. I, I'm, I'm kind of just looking at the defensive line um, just because we don't know what's going to happen with um, Eric Armstead yet. Jared McCoy, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Quinn, Nigel Bradham is another guy, but he's an outside linebacker. Um no one really that sticks out. I think I think the priority is to try to keep Ronnie Blair um, first and foremost. So that's that's a a bargain sign to me personally. Yep. Um, could Leonard Williams be a bargain sign? Maybe his career has kind of been a little off, on and off because he's moved from the Jets to the Giants and really hasn't shown up. Maybe he takes a cheap deal to play with a good team, improve his stock, go into the twenty twenty one free agency, and do something there. So there's that. Um, no one really just sticks out, you know. This this class isn't that great, in my opinion. Previously, um, being before the podcast, I was like, yeah, sign everybody. And now, listening to Kyle Shanahan and and the way he talks and how he wants certain players looking around the league, I'm like, who is who's really going to come in and and make an impact? So, just a few guys that would come up, you know, come up come to mind would be Leonard Williams, Derek Wolf, and then of course I think just re-signing your own guy. And Ronnie Blair. Yeah, you know, as I look at this group, it, it, it's an interesting group just because there's some, like, really good players that might get cut, but they're not going to come cheap. Yeah. You know, if Patrick Peterson gets cut by the Cardinals, he's not coming cheap. You know, if Jalen Ramsey gets cut by the Rams, which if they cut him, that would be the greatest thing ever. Trade two first-round picks, just turn around and cut him. Um, <laughs> he's not going to come cheap. Uh, the one guy that kind of sticks out to me, and again, it really all depends on on the defensive line and how that breaks down. Uh, Marcel Darius, very interesting name to me. Uh, DJ Jones, you know, coming off injury. Sheldon Day, maybe coming back, maybe not. If they can get Marcel Darius on the cheap, 
actually like that. I think he's a former third overall pick. Um, not a huge numbers guy, but he will play that Sheldon Day role, that DJ Jones role, um, mm-hmm. especially if DJ can't do, you know, can't come back from the injury, which I really hope he does because I really like. I've been on the DJ Jones train for years. Um, I'm really hoping that he can come back. I, I, yeah, a guy like Marcel Darius is just that's the one that's stuck in my head right now. Especially if they can get him on the cheap. Jacksonville's probably gonna end up letting him go. Um, other than that, I mean, I think you start looking into the really super veteran pass rushers, the, the guys that have like one year left where they're only good for 20 snaps a game. Yeah, and and their and their only job is to go rush the quarterback. I uh, think like what the Cardinals did last year with Terrell Suggs. Or what the 49ers did with Elvis Doomerville, right? Go mm-hmm. get someone like that. That their only job is to be go get the quarterback. Go get me five sacks. And, and, and we'll consider this a win for the year for both of us. So Cassius um, Marsh. God, if I never hear that name again. <laughs> God damn. You gotta be pretty damn good to beat out Cassius Marsh. That was the biggest bunch of lip service Kyle Shanahan ever gave us. Yeah. Oh, okay. So let's move on. Um, and the, the only, the only other, I'm sorry, the only other name would that would come up is one who was just recently cut. I don't think he'll come cheap, but I think maybe you do want to improve that that backup strong safety position. Tony Jefferson of the yeah. uh, the Ravens, mm-hmm. he was a free, he's a free agent now. Uh, that could be someone that could come in, step in. You know, we've had durability issues on the safety position the last couple of years. Tart, yes, I know he played, he played fairly well, but he also broke his rib and he has broken his arm before. He's had other issues so um always having a decent backup to come in marcel harris he's a splash guy but in coverage we saw the big difference with tart off the field and tart on the field in coverage when uh, a guy like uh marcel harris is on the field so tony jefferson could be another name that i would possibly think would come on the cheap this would be his third team um he is getting a little bit older i want to say he's 30 years old um you know, I'm, I should. I, I don't even know why I said that. I'm 33. I feel like an idiot <laughs> saying that. But in football years, that's old. So yeah, um, yeah. Tony Jefferson's only 28. Never mind. So he might be turning 29 by the turn of the season. So that's a, that's a guy that just comes to mind. That's a possible fit for the Niners. Yeah, I'd be down with that too. I, I think you can never have too much depth in the secondary, and and I think the 49ers really showed that down the stretch um, when when they started to lose some guys and they were a little nervous week in and week out. Um, let's go to our boy Zach Pratt. So we had him on last year to do our our mock draft where he was spot on because he went bored and he nailed the first two picks with with Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. So at me, Zach P, Zach Pratt, he asks us, who do you view as the team's core or the group of players that the 49ers have to keep together almost no matter what the the realistic cost? And then he gives an example of Kittle's not making $50 million a year. Um, But, you know, who are the guys that, you have to keep together. Who who is the young core of this team? Uh, we start with your quarterback. So it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. Check. You start with his. You start with his best receiving weapon, George Kittle. Check. Uh, the best defensive player on the well, the second best defensive player on the team. Uh, DeForest Buckner. Check. And then the first best, the first uh, defensive player on the team, Nick Bosa. Check. Fred Warner. Check. Mike McGlinchey. Check. Debo Samuel, check. That's those yeah, would be my it, core. Yep, yeah, that's it. Me too. That that's what I got. I think everybody else can be not, not they're not replaceable, but in the sense that those are the guys that pretty much if you have to set the market on whatever position they play, those are the guys you're going to pay. Yeah, you're going to pay your best offensive lineman. 
You're going to pay your quarterback. You're going to pay your top receiving option. You're going to pay your your best offensive weapon in, in Debo Samuel. You're going to pay DeForest Buckner. He's going to get paid. He's going to get extended. Uh, Nick Bosa is is every bit the game record we thought he was going to be. And Fred Warner's linebacker one. Yeah. I, I think I think you nailed it. That's that's your was it seven eight guys. That's yeah. your that's who you can build a team around, and everything else can kind of come in and, and fill in the gaps and be a little bit of the mortar to the brick wall that are those guys. So yeah, I so, think I, check, 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 check. Yeah. So I mean, of course you want your pass rusher, you got your interior defensive lineman, your middle linebacker, a very strong right tackle, Debo Kittle, and then of course your quarterback. Now it's, it's just a matter of making the money work. So, you know, if you look at Seattle, um, I hate saying it, but they had a very good way of keeping most of their core intact for a couple of years after mm-hmm. Their Super Bowl run, you know, they paid Sherman, they paid Cam, they paid Earl, they paid Bobby, they paid KJ, they paid Michael Bennett, they paid Russell. Um, now, granted, they never got him an offensive line, but they yeah, did pay Doug Baldwin. That's where that money didn't go. <laughs> you know, they paid they paid some guys there. So keeping the main guys there, like so that's one, two, three, four, five, seven. Yeah, seven guys um, is the core. Now, the main core, I would you know, if it's just like like the Yankees, the core four, you go Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle. Um, Bosa and McGlinchey, those would be my core four, just because you always want a strong tackle, you want your pass rusher, and then your best receiving your receiving option is Kittle, and then of course you, any no team in the NFL can live without a starting quarterback. So, yeah, uh, I'll I'll agree with you there. It's it's tough. I was thinking maybe Bosa and, and Warner, but you gotta have McGlinchey in there somewhere. So yeah. we're good on that. So um, another question from at Mr. Drip Bayless, fantastic, fantastic Twitter handle, Drip God at Mr. Drip Bayless. Uh, we'll just go back and forth on this one. You'll name one, I'll name one. Uh, okay. Any players currently under contract that won't be back next year? Who you got? Uh, Marquise Goodwin. Tevin Coleman. Matt Breida. But he's not under contract right now. Oh, well, never mind. Um, shit. Mark Nazacha. Ooh, okay. Mark Nazacha. Um... I'm gonna go out on a limb. No, I'm not gonna go out on a limb. I, I I don't see a whole bunch of guys that they're gonna get rid of. Uh, I think those are the big three. You know, now it'd be interesting to see. Um, I'll say Dante Pettis because I really do think they're gonna try and find a way to move him. Yeah. Um, the other, I think, C.J. Beathard. And Ooh, okay, yeah. Um. Look at the list here. You know, there's, there, I mean, of course, there's gonna be guys. So that's what four, five guys. Yeah, that's four or five. Yeah, and then five. you gotta think you're gonna get your five or six draft picks in. You're gonna draft the free agents in. So yeah, there's gonna be some guys that are not gonna be on this team, um, that may be under contract. But it also could be guys that are towards the end of the, towards the bottom end of the roster. You know, um, maybe Al Shahir may not make the team. Ross Reynolds may not make the team. Um, Richie James could not be on this team. Elijah Lee might be another one. Jordan yeah. Matthews. Uh, yeah. you know, there, there's a whole bunch of guys. Um, I, I, I take this question more as who's not going to survive the offseason? Yeah. So so who's not going to be there once they start coming back for training camp and everything is kind of where I, I, how the big, I, I took this question. Yeah, I think the big two are Marquise. And Tevin is kind of a fringe guy for me, but that, that cap number that he frees up if he's not back is a big million yeah, dollars. Yeah, we discussed it on the last pod. Just let uh, Bobby Turner and Kyle find a running back. They found three. 
So I trust their judgment on finding running backs. Um, yeah, so and, and I'm kind of holding out hope on Dante, but we'll see. And then Mark Nazacha is a guy, you know, he's a key special team guy, but can you get that level of production from half that contract? Probably, and that's kind of where they're at with that. Yeah, you can get a rookie that's going to come in and be a core special teams player. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, that that's 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 the, the 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 tough thing about being in the NFL. And we talked about it. It's it, it, it it's such a what have you done for me lately league that if you're not justified, if you're not worth the money, I mean, they're just not going to hold on to you. And it's because there's always someone work, willing to work for cheap. And, and it kind of sucks, but you know, it is what it is and you really have to be able to carve a significant rollout to make a team from year to year because uh, spe- special teams ace isn't necessarily going to cut it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't even at Mo four nine Al Shaif. I think if I butcher your name, just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but he had a good question. Do you believe in the Super Bowl hangover? No. No, because, well, no, because the, even when the, the the Falcons lost, part of the reason they struggled in the, the following year, they had so many injuries. They lost uh, Deion Jones. They lost their safety. They had injuries all over the offensive line, but Matt Ryan was still putting up pretty good numbers. Uh, last year with the Rams, the thing with the Rams is they lost a lot of talent to free agency because they didn't know how to manage their roster construction. And I was just reading something on Jared Goff's contract on how uh, there was a crazy number. I gotta find it, but basically, ninety-four million dollars becomes fully guaranteed at the beginning of March. So they, you know, they kind of put themselves in a bind there with his contract. So I think, I think it, it's all dependent on each team per team. Do, can the Niners struggle going into next season? Yeah, of course. Teams are gonna get better. Teams are all drafting. Teams all have the same opportunities to get free agents. Teams are getting healthier. Um, maybe the ball doesn't bounce the Niners' way when they get a few fumbles against the Cardinals or they don't get that late interception versus, um, or that fumble recovery against the Steelers. You know, that changes the record there. There's mm-hmm. there's different things that happen each season. I don't I don't view that um, that Super Bowl hangover as a real thing. I think it's just a narrative that people like to run to. Similar to the word trap game, you know, every everybody gets up for their games. Now I understand, you know, if your team is 13 and you know, thirteen and two going into the final game of the year versus a team that's five and eleven. Yeah, that team may sneak up on you because you're ready in the playoffs. You don't care, but I don't. I don't. You know, I don't think those things are are real. Yeah. Um. So let's look at the last one, two, hmm, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If you include San Francisco this year, the last seven Super Bowl losers. Um. The Seahawks beat the Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning fell off a cliff. He was done. Yeah. Uh, well, at least at least that year he did. Um, they ended up coming back to win, but it, 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 Peyton Manning just he couldn't get in there the next year. Uh, the Patriots beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks struggled a little bit after that, right? But again, it comes down to you have to pay these people eventually. And, yep. and and once they had to pay Russ, they ran out of money for the offensive line. And they, still, Seattle was a very good team for a lot of years. They still are a good team. They still so did nine I don't and think, seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they started winning yeah. records the season after. Yeah. Uh, you look at the the Broncos beat the Panthers. After that game, Cam Newton has literally never been the same. Yeah, injuries. He's never injuries have just ravaged his body. Uh, the Falcons lost to the Patriots. 
Kyle Shanahan leaves, that offense takes a giant step back, and then they have the worst string of injuries I've ever seen. Like every year, they lose two or three starters on defense, key starters on defense in like, in like week two. Yeah, they're, they're they're down. They're done. Like yeah. the preseason, the last preseason game, they're losing a guy to a torn ACL in practice or something. Terrible luck for the for the Falcons. Um, the, the Philly beat. New England, New England comes back because they have Tom Brady and because their roster is constructed that way. And then we look at Los Angeles lost against the Patriots. And again, roster construction. The Rams sold out to win a Super Bowl. Yep. They sold everything. They were Super Bowl or bust, and they went bust when they scored Mm -hmm. three points. They went Super Bowl or bust. 49ers did not go Super Bowl or bust this year. Now, you can say what you want about what they gave up for Emmanuel Sanders, but the return they got for it, I believe, was fine for what they gave up because they basically just traded a fourth-round pick for Emmanuel Sanders. When you think about where the, the Broncos are drafting and they got a Sanders in a fifth and they only traded they had traded a late fourth or a late third for a late fourth and a fifth. It, it's, it wasn't a lot of compensation. On paper, it looked bad, but once you look at the actual pick numbers, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. They didn't give up a whole lot to get him. And I, I, if they hold on to him, even better. But they didn't sell out big time. They didn't sign huge free agent contracts that are they're going to kill him in the long run. The 49ers are built to last, and I think they'll be just fine. I don't believe in the Super Bowl hangover. I believe that comes from teams that are poorly constructed and, and, and have a string of bad luck. The 49ers are, like you said, they're going to have a target on their back next year. They're not sneaking up on anybody. They're not, oh, are they pretenders in week 16 next year? Yeah. They went to the Super Bowl this year. They were six minutes away from winning it. They are contenders until until they're not. Yeah. But as then, it stands right now, they are. Yeah, and then just real quick, more on that uh, Jared Goff thing and how the Rams roster construction is a way of not doing business. Um, so March 19th, Jared Goff will be paid his $21 million roster bonus for 2020. In addition, his $25 million 2021 salary, $2.5 million 2021 roster bonus, and $15.5 million 2022 roster bonus all become fully guaranteed on March 19th. So the dead cap for the Rams is $94 million. So there is a chance that the Rams start over by releasing Jared Goff before March 19th. It hasn't been discussed, but I've... You know, that is a possibility um, or making a move to trade him. There's That's just a terrible contract for a team that doesn't have, have doesn't have draft picks to, to replenish, um, has issues all across the offensive line. Uh, they have to go pay Jalen Ramsey. They don't have any linebackers. Corey Littleton may walk. It, it's, it's just a mess uh, for L.A. Um, they should have stayed in St. Louis and... You know, just been the regular sorry ass Rams, but um, that's how you. That's how. That's how bad teams stay bad. You know, the Niners. They've they've kind of figured out a way to not be in this purgatory for cap situation, and that's what the Rams have done with the golf deal is god awful. Yeah. Well, again, it's the we talked about it last week with, with Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. It's the cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. You have a quarterback, you have to pay him. You think they can't five? They have a five percent chance to get you a Super Bowl title. You have to pay him. And that's just how the contracts go. Jimmy's contract looks divine next to Jared Goff's. It looks incredible. It looks absolutely, absolutely incredible. And, and it's, yeah, 
No. So, it, again, the long way around this one, neither one of us believes in Super Bowl hangover. That was the original question, if, in case you forgot what it was. But yeah. <laughs> neither one of us believe in the Super Bowl hangover. No. Um, our boy Jordan Simis. Simus, I don't know. Again, if I... Ugh. But Matt at Jordan Earl read. Simus, uh, rapid fire, AJ Green or Emmanuel Sanders? Sanders. Sanders, I agree. Uh, keep first round pick, best player available, and exclusive tag, then trade Armstead for a second? That's a question. Mm, keep the first round pick if the best player available is a safety. Uh, exclusive tag on Armstead, no. Extend Armstead long term to keep your salary cap manageable. Okay. Pettis and 31 for the Chargers, second and third. Chargers aren't making that deal. Okay. And then just XFL thoughts. Random, random, any XFL thoughts? Bad quarterback play, decent ideas on the kickoff. I like some of the interviews after bad plays or good plays. Um, WWE's better. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I like the XFL. I do. I Again, bad quarterback play, so it's never going to be that great. I like I the kickoff. The kickoff's a great idea. Um, I think they have some really good ideas. I like the, uh, the 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 clarity when they review a play where you the the, the referees are mic'd up. I, I very much enjoy that. Um, I, I I like the beer snake that the DC defenders <laughs> fans made. It was like seventy five feet long. It went up nine rows. I yeah. Love that. Um, I think the XFL fans are good. I think if they don't get good quarterback play, I think they're just going to fold because the product on the field just isn't very good. You know, and this is this is kind of if just a th- random thought on what we talked about earlier with the expansion of the season. You know, why not let why not have this be a farm system? Create this farm system to run with while the NFL season's going on. You know what I mean? Like say say you have your roster and then you have your 10 practice squad guys they can practice with the team and then go play in the XFL. I don't I'm not I'm just spitballing here but that would be a way to improve the product somewhat cuz then you have actual NFL guys. So if you have a vested interest in the Niners and you have a vested interest in this practice squad player, let's say a Kevin Givens, um he goes and plays for the DC Defenders or whatever, you know, the nearest team, you know, in his range to play yeah. for and he he shows out in the game and then god forbid anything happens to DJ Jones, okay, cool. We have good film on him for from these games where he's gotten some snaps, and we can plug him into the system and get him going. It's just just spitballing. Maybe the XFL and the NFL can come to an agreement to allow practice squad players to get in there. Um, that's just random idea. That's all. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I think it has to stay off season. I don't think they'd ever be able to compete with the NFL and with college football. Unless they played like Wednesday nights, and even then, you know, it's it's gonna be a tough sell to get people to go to the stadium on Wednesday night for a football game. Um, yeah, I, I, it's I like it. I hope it, I hope it survives because I'm I'm kind of sick of not having another football league that again can be a somewhat of a farm system. It gives these guys a lot, a lot of these guys a second chance to get back on the field and show they can they can still do it, and it also allows the NFL to test some things like the kickoff yeah they want to test out you know can this work in a in a in a real game scenario i think the xfl is a very good place to yeah do that i really like that kickoff i think that that's actually that's a lower risk of injury still potential for big play um and you know you're still the field positions changing isn't isn't that great because you still you know you're likely in that 25 to 30 yard range anyways so yeah i'm i'm cool with that XFL's not okay. too bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. At Anthony Monroig. <laughs> Man, I don't know, dude. I'm so bad. Why, why are you having the white guy pronounce names, dude? I don't um, know. What is the best short, short and long-term strategy to handle Eric Armstead's free agency? And is there... Do you anticipate Jimmy and others restructuring their deals to change their dollars standpoint, basically? Um, Short-term Eric Armstead, what you got? Short-term Eric Armstead, if you can't get long-term deals, obviously the tag. Yep. Uh, But the the plan, I would assume, from John Lynch and Kyle, is to get a long-term deal done. That frees up more cap space going forward. Um, As far as... As far as restructuring deals, um, I, I did some research on myself. You know, restructuring these deals is kind of like putting their contracts on a credit card. You still have to pay it. You're just lowering the cap number for this season, but that number is still being pushed back a little bit there to the other season. So it's it's not it's not what people think that they're saving money because the team still has to pay that money. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of getting under the cap for that season or seasons. Um, so, you know, guys like Quan and, and Richburg, yes, they restructured their deals, but the team's still paying the amount they, they originally set up to pay with the team. So um, I anticipate probably probably Jimmy restructure. And, you know, the thing with the Jimmy restructure is, like, if it's not reported correctly, it could end up being, like, oh, the Niners don't trust him. That's why they're restructuring his deal, saving their asses, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's something about how that'll be perceived uh, going into this the rest of this offseason. So he restructures. It's a matter of how it's reported, too, because next thing you know, you'll have Stephen A. Smith saying, Pony Star Jimmy is entrusted in the team in the league because now he's got a restructured deal, blah, blah, blah. But um, we'll handle that when that comes. But, yeah. Yeah, St- Stephen A. Smith can shut his damn mouth when it comes to football because he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He's still, waiting for, Hunter, he's still waiting for Hunter Henry to score the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Anyway, uh, I agree with you. Um, Eric Armstead, tag, and then negotiate from there. I, I don't know if anybody else is going to restructure because you're right. Restructuring is just kind of like kicking the can down the road. Like It's going to come back at some point. Um, maybe, maybe we see someone. I just... Uh, I don't know. I trust Prague, whatever he wants to do with that one. it's He's got it. Um, let's move on to, ooh, my boy Kareno Blanchard is my, he's actually my roommate in Japan when we were out there on UDP, so one of my Marine buddies. Uh, who will be the league's most improved team and which team will regress? Um, he understands that it's way early, but he wants to know way ahead of time, and he tagged it Raven's Flock because it's Blanchard, and he had to push my buttons. But anyway, so who, who's which team goes from like worst to first for you, and which team takes a step back? Um, I don't takes a step back. Oh, I'm trying to. Th- I think takes a step back. It's gonna have to be. I think it's gonna be the Vikings. Okay. I think the Vikings aren't gonna be a playoff team next year. Um. But it also depends on if the Bears decide to do something with Mr. Trubisky. So there's that. And now with this new stupid format, never mind. So you know, <laughs> now, I've, now I've changed my freaking answer. Um, the Texans seem like a pretty good candidate for a team to take a step back. Still have O-line issues. Defense isn't getting any younger. J.J. Watt, another injury. Um, corners are shaky. Drafting, they've been really suspect at. Um, can Fuller stay healthy? So, yeah, I'm going to go Texans as a team that takes a step back. Okay, who's who's gonna surprise some people? Um, I think it happens in our own division. 
I think Arizona. I think Arizona has a chance to surprise some people, but okay. I'm also going to lean the Redskins. And I think the Redskins could be the second best team in the NFC East. I'm not saying they're going to surpass the Eagles. I think the Eagles still have the best roster or the best quarterback in the division. So usually when you have the best quarterback, you're going to be in the hunt. But the Redskins, mm-hmm. one, with a competent coach. Two, the defense is pretty stout. Um, mm-hmm. I still think they need a free safety or improvement of free safety. I think they'll address the, cor- they, they'll address the cornerback position in free agency and the draft. Um, and I think... Snyder's might have pulled a Jed York and taken a back seat here. Let Ron do Ron and be a team that can make a playoff push. Now with seven teams, maybe the, the Redskins get in at nine and seven. Maybe the Redskins can get in at an eight and eight. Um so yeah, I would go with the Redskins as a team that most improved. Okay. I'm gonna take New England as taking a step back. Tom Brady or no Tom Brady. I, I think he's hit a I think he's hit a wall. And if I think if they don't if Tom Brady doesn't come back, they're gonna be in trouble. And I think Bill Belichick already has a contingency plan on how to tank to get next year's top quarterback. If, so, if so they just, get Trevor Lawrence, I swear to God, I will. Yeah, if they get Trevor Lawrence, yeah, that's who. Yeah, that's who it's gonna be. If they get Trevor Lawrence, like he's already got a plan, right? Bill Belichick's already got a plan. If they move on from Tom Brady, but even if Tom Brady sticks around, I don't think they're going to be very good. And I love the Redskins' answer. I do. I think the Redskins are poised to make a big jump. I love Riverboat Ron Burgundy. I think his his message got a little stale in Carolina. Um, but we've seen coaches that like Andy Reid, right? His message got a little stale in Philly. He goes back and revitalizes his career in Kansas City. I think we could see something similar with Ron Rivera if Danny Boy takes a back seat. I do like that answer a lot. But the other person, the other team that I had, and it's part of the reason why I think New, in- New England takes a step back, is Miami. If Miami gets Tua and he comes back and he's he's his hip functions and it works, I think they can make some noise. I like the Dolphins. I love Brian Flores. I love Brian Flores. I think he's a great coach. I think the fact that he willed that roster to five and eleven says a ton. They've got a whole mess of first round picks. They've got a ton of cap room. I think Miami can be one of those teams that makes a, a big jump from from worst to first. Right on. And I'm going to add one more team. Um, I kind of like Denver. I don't. I know they may not beat the Chiefs in the division, but I think Denver could be a team that makes the playoffs next year just because I like Drew Locke and mm-hmm. I like Vic Fangio. And there's linebackers available in this draft, so Vic can get himself a linebacker on defense and maybe another weapon for Locke on offense. That team could be really good. So um, Denver hasn't made the playoffs in a couple of years, and they usually make the playoffs. So they should be back in the mix, and I think Denver will be another team that makes makes a big jump. Okay, last question here. Okay. We knew it was coming. We've been talking about this all week. Uh-huh. We knew it was coming. Our girl Alice wants to know, at 9 girl 99 wants to know, <laughs> who is better, Topanga or Kelly Kapowski? She says, hint, it's Kelly. Double hint, she's right, but go ahead and tell us why you're wrong, Javi. Listen, listen. Topanga stayed with one guy through a one series of shows. Like, she's always with Corey. Like, I like a loyal chick. Kelly was a homie hopper. Like, let's just be honest here. She was a homie hopper. I don't deal with homie hopper women. Sorry, ladies. If you do that, that's just not how I get down. I like my loyal women. Topanga. If I, if you, if I could, I would just scream it, but I'm not going to scream it into the mic. Topanga, guys. Like, it's not hard. I still watch Boy Meets World. Have you seen her okay. in the Maxim layout? 
Do we want a hobby rant on Topanga? It's Topanga. It's it's Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Listen. That's that's the answer. It's Tiffany Amber Thiessen. It's Kelly Kapowski. What's Kelly? Is she like 50 now? now? When I was growing up, I'm 31 years old, born in 88. When I was growing up, I wanted to be Zach Morris. I I needed to be Zach Morris. That's when I was a 90s kid. I needed to be Zach Morris, and Zach Morris's girl was Kelly Kapowski. You can say all that other stupid stuff you want, but Zach Morris did the same trifling stuff that Kelly did. So I don't need to hear any about that. Because actually, if you go back and watch Saved by the Bell now, Zach Morris is like the biggest piece of shit human being ever. (laughs) He's a terrible person. I'm really upset with myself that I ever wanted to be him. I like wholesome women. About that one. I like wholesome Uh, women. Yeah, it's just Kelly Kapowski for me. She she was girl next door. She was. Oh man, she was oh, she was gorgeous. Eight year old me didn't know what to do, dude. It's Kelly Kapowski. It's it's not even close. It's Kelly Kapowski. Topanga was. She walked from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. Like, come on. She's she's white bread, man. She's boring. Give me Kelly Kapowski all day, dancing at the max, wearing her nineties one piece jumpsuits. Let's go, oh, Kelly Kapowski. Goodness. You're wrong. No, no, I'm right. It's Topanga. Oh man! I'm, Very rarely do we disagree on anything. No, it's fine. We can disagree on this. We like our types of women, and I, I, I'll take my, I'll take Topanga. Mm. Oh, Topanga! Mm. But that's gonna wrap. <laughs> that's gonna wrap it up for our mailbag. So if we didn't get to your question, we apologize. <laughs> you, you guys, there were so many. There were so many good questions, and then that last little thing. Me and Javi have been having this discussion for weeks. For weeks, yeah. this is not new for us. So we had to get this out and had to talk about this. I mean, but, it's it's Topanga, bro. Like who who puts heart <laughs> fa- who puts makeup or lipstick on their whole face? Like it's Topanga. Come on now. Oh my god. And uh, Jesse Jesse Spano was better looking than um, than Kapowski. Just saying. Okay, I, I don't need to hear about caffeine pill girl. I'm out. No. <laughs> no. She's so excited. Total. She's so excited. She's so scared. Oh my goodness! No, good, good our day. youth was great. I will say that we had some really good TV shows. Thank God. Yeah, Hillary oh. Banks is another one. Hillary Banks was one who got left out. Hillary was fine. I'm just saying. Yeah, she was such an idiot, but man, she was good looking. That's fine. She was fine. She was fine. Uh, but that should cover the Fourth and Gold podcast. <laughs> That's one way to end the show. Um, because I was looking forward to this. You know, I was I. I do still watch Boy Meets World because my kids watch Disney, so it's like on at like eight o'clock as I'm putting them to bed. So it's usually on. So uh, yeah, I do that. And uh, but Combine this weekend, everyone tune in if you can. Most of it's prime time this year, so the NFL is finding more ways to make money. Um, let us know what your thoughts on any guys that stick out to you because I know I'm gonna be tuned in. Uh, we will be back after the Combine to talk about the Combine. Um, mm-hmm. potential draft selections for the Niners and hopefully by then we hear some news about Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward any type of contracts or any type of discussions getting improved or rumors around the team um, so we can discuss those uh, but I'm Javi, that is Matt, catch us on Twitter at 4th and Go Podcast, follow the podcast on all podcast platforms, Google Stitcher, Apple, wherever your podcasts are found subscribe, rate, review follow me on Twitter at JavierVague underscore and follow my guy Matt at Matt Bar underscore and uh, we will be back later on next week uh, discussing the Combine and guys that stuck out to us. Let us know what you thought on the Combine, and we will be here to talk about it. Uh, but until then, go Niners. Peace. <laughs>